this is the first time we've ever reviewed a John Waters movie. It is. Um, yeah. I've seen this one before. I've seen a few others, um, but I wouldn't say I was an aficionado. No. I was recently in LA and at the Academy, they had a thing, you know, a whole season of John Waters stuff going on, but I didn't go. Okay. Which felt like I probably should have. But anyway. Pink Flamingos, didn't he? What else did he do? Hairspray. Hairspray is the That's famous one. probably the one I most know. He had yeah. unbelievable cameo in The Simpsons. Yeah. And all sorts of other stuff. He's got a nickname. Don't look at me. Wait there. It's the Pope of Trash or the Duke of Dirt or the Prince of Puke, the Ayatollah of Arseholes. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> so Sounds that kind of gives you an idea of what the, the films are normally like. Mm. And they're always, always set in Baltimore. Yeah. That's his thing. That and all the really queer like stuff. Okay. Because there's loads of that. Yeah. Yeah. And this one starts off setting Have we the said the name of it yet? Because it's called Pekka. I would say that is a double entendre. I am not a genius, but... definitely feels that way. Yeah. And it starts off with Pekka. Yeah. Played by... Pecking his food. Edward, Edward Furlong. Furlong. You'll recognise him from Terminator 2. That's right. Mm. And it's got a great, great intro tune that I did stay through the credits to find out who performed it and what it was called. Happy Go Lucky uh, by Paul Someone, was it? Definitely Paul Someone. Yeah. Yeah. Not Paul Simon. No. But definitely look it up if you've not heard it. It's a great tune. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And Edward Furlong, a.k.a. Packer, just goes... Well, in fact, the whole soundtrack is it's by Stuart Copeland from The Police. So the whole oh, soundtrack is absolutely... But it's a good banging. soundtrack. But yeah, uh, Packer is a keen photographer, but he just snaps away at the mundane things in life that might look unexciting or whatever but that's what he does constantly and the people around the people him. around like everyone just every, walking down the street photo photo I mean, he must take hundreds of photos yeah we see him on the bus taking photos of some black girls a yeah. woman shaving her legs another woman who's reading a book yeah. fat and furious all of and everywhere he goes because he works at a place called the sub pit yeah. and he takes photos as he goes even as he's doing his job he stops to take some photos of some burgers or something yeah. that he's cooking um so yeah, which by the way look atrocious it did it did look awful <laughs> i mean yeah the town didn't look great to be honest and as he gives out the food and then he gets he gets a flyer he's convinced his boss that he can run a sort of art exhibition yeah. out of it the diner where he works and he goes outside and he, he serves a guy some chips and a cockroach comes along and he takes a photo of that and then mm. some graffiti that says eat me or something eat one. That. Two and rats, then two rats this rats is fucking. just glorious yeah exactly written and directed by john waters comes up just as there's two rats fucking in a bin <laughs> it's amazing and he takes a photo of that yeah and we get to meet his family too um well, first we meet his friend, Matt, who's a kleptomaniac. And it's a five-finger discount. Yeah. yeah. And they go off to some store, and they, they it's obviously a well-rehearsed distraction. Shopping. Yeah. <laughs> and they put all the stuff, like, you know, like a phallus-shaped marrow in this prim woman's <laughs> bag and some meat in a, vet, in, a, in a hippie's bag or whatever in their trolley and some hemorrhoid cream in this muscle guy's... All the time taking photographs. There's nothing wrong with my ass, he says later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then they while there's a big commotion they steal all the the kodak film yeah because because this is in the age of film this is not yes. digital mm. um and yeah then we meet we do get to introduce to his family his mother runs a thrift store yeah and she's very very generous and she looks after the homeless people around and everyone looks fabulous in these for 15 of, cents she'll make you look a million dollars she yeah, says these really wacky colourful outfits and everything's just larger than life his mm, little sister capes with sequins and all kinds of yeah, stuff isn't there yeah. his sister is the sugar addicted 
ADHD yeah. afflicted like nightmare well everywhere she goes she's just stuffed with she asks for sugar in fact she's introduced she's beating her toys it. to death on the pavement outside the thrift store and yeah. demanding sugar yeah um, yeah and she, any, any sugar. gets a snap of coke like sherbet everything it's just she, yeah, she, at one point constantly. she climbs up in the kitchen onto the cabinet to get a jar down which is just sugar and she starts eating that and then it's just like yeah, dribbles, yeah. and that's one of his that's one of his popular photos that he takes his dad is running uh, a bar uh, it's a dive yeah, bar a, a he dive seems bar. to be you know it's patroned by a, a load of guy. broke drunks that he gives free drinks kind of like Mo, and, yeah and he, you know he's his nose is out of joint because they've taken all the business away the pelt club has op- has opened <laughs> up opposite and it's full of basically len- um it's butch lesbian strippers. strippers but still guys watching yeah Pekka gets caught taking some photos of them through the window and then he goes to meet his sister who works at, what was it called? Uh, the Fudge Palace. The Fudge Palace. Yeah. Where there's kind of really buff guys, not necessarily gay. I think she introduces a few of them and it's just, even though he's hetero um, and there's a load of gay guys watching stuffing dollar bills into like skimpy well, you get quite a lot of shot of bulges and it's teabagging, teabagging and, and they 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 have to refrain there's no teabagging allowed in the fudge palace his sister is an mc there and did you recognize her goonies martha plimpton from yeah steph from the goonies yeah That's right quite a little yeah she's, 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 she's shouting out about teabagging and stuff which so you yeah know, brilliant and also another character we haven't introduced was Shelley, Christina Richie's his girlfriend. Yeah. She's his Venus de Milo, he says. And she, you know, pretty succinctly, one of the themes of the movie, she says, you're crazy, you see art when there's nothing there. So, yeah. She's pretty militant at the laundromat. But then again, the clients are pretty crazy too. One is dying her clothes there. It's some blue stuff. One is later going to have try and have sex with a with washing, washing machine. machine yeah. Yeah, so, she she runs a tight ship out there, doesn't she? And yeah, those interactions with the customers, you just get to know her straight away. And she's she's cutting out. She's all the time busy. She's just all she's a workaholic. She's, yeah, she just loves the laundromat. And uh, we meet Meemar as well. That's just after Delaney Williams from The Wire turns up. Did you recognise yeah. him as the construction worker? He's in it for about ten seconds, yeah. but he turns up because they buy this sandwich called the what is it? The pit it's, beef sandwich. Yeah. And Meemar takes Pecker upstairs to show him her talking statue of Saint Mary, which is clearly just her like being a ventriloquist, <laughs> but he indulges this fancy and she's going, Full of grace. Full of grace. <laughs> and all this stuff and Pecker kind of encourages it and takes photos of them. Yeah, he doesn't seem to. I was wondering what his angle was there because it. Well, as he goes through the film, I don't think he's got an angle. Everyone, think, they're just painting Baltimore and this particular part, this community. Everyone's supporting everyone. Yeah, and and, whilst and everybody's the, a bit bonkers. The only grudge is the bar and the gay bar, really. And then they, but they don't do anything about it. They're just like, oh, well, customers. Well, that's have gone just because nobody's got any money. Maybe. Yeah, and so everyone's just happy. You know, they're all getting along, and everything's kind of this distorted mad utopian little thing they've got going on where they've got nothing but they're happy as larry until the day of the exhibition then they're all there and a reporter comes in not reporter a gallery a a gallery she's like the she um, works at the um, the New York Gallery, and she she's flown in for a local exhibition and saw his flyers and came in for to see the show. And loved his work. She's come in coincidentally when her dad, Pecker's dad, is staring at a close up shot of a vagina, <laughs> trying to work out what it is because he's not sure. A very bushy vagina. Yeah, yeah. it's not like a yeah. It's, 
Yeah. And his mate blurts out what it is, which causes chaos. I think he steals the charity money in the dis- in, yeah. in the he ensuing chaos. I love that's the first words Chris has said this this podcast there. Yeah, a very yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's, uh, it was perfect yeah, timing. I haven't I got much it. to say about this. <laughs> So he sells a picture to Rory, the art gallery enthusiast, yeah. whatever, for $30. And she says, come and display your stuff at my gallery. And we, you know, we kind of jump to Pekka being the new cultural darling. It Is happens a, really quick, doesn't it? They bust, yeah. they bust it down to New York. He's um, at an exhibition pretty much next. And it's a proper gallery. So, yeah. so he gets the sack from the diner because it's just, just like not right. And people are going into the diner. I think the, the only reason he's allowed to have it in his thingy is because they were going to buy food everyone has to place. order something when they come in yeah but now we're in a proper high-end very pretentious you've got all this new york art scene people who are clearly snobs everyone loves him everyone's telling him what genius he is yeah. and they're sort of it's like it's a sort of misery tourism where you sort of yeah. look upon the downcast and the less fortunate but you talk about how brilliant it is and all mm. this stuff but so it, authentic all that sort of stuff yeah there's a load of pretentious shit that half of the references I didn't get. One of them says he's like a humane Diane Arbus, but with a wonderful streak of kindness, which I didn't really understand. But there's Mr. Holbrook, the art critic from the Times. She says she meets him, Pecker's sister, and she says, "Oh, I, you know, I know your type. I work at a gay bar. You're a little light in the loafers." <laughs> so she says to him, he um, calls him Mary. Yeah, hi, Mary. My name's not Mary. And so all his work is up on the wall, and it's all the stuff that we've seen so far. The rats fucking in the bin, I think, is is sold like three t- you know we see i think he's thousands they're for thousand to go child with sugar and yeah. there's there's a there's a three print run of each one i think and they you know his old man's calculating it and it's like oh my god you're going to be rich pecker you're going to be rich mm. but see christina ricci shelly she's already freaking out she, she says i i'm a how Baltimore can i have girl. fun she says these people don't even know what a laundromat is <laughs> and she says i'm a baltimore girl yeah i uh, don't belong here you know and no one none of them do they don't fit in yeah don't even have good thrift stores here the mom says and, yeah and pecker all the time has been this character who's just really nice and yeah. and homely as yeah. a bit as he's being taken on this kind of tidal wave he's He's finding things and situations happening to him that he doesn't really want to happen. The people around him certainly don't want it to happen, like him moving to New York and them all being there. They all want to get back to Baltimore. They all want to get home. Well, it goes tits up almost immediately because yeah. when they get they get on the bus and go back, um, their the house has been burgled. Yeah. And they think it's not actually by people who it's already been in the newspaper and 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 from reading the article, someone could work out that he's made a load of money. But and he it's is not super, there. super famous at this point yeah. as well, though. But it's not that it's someone overnight. He's yeah. famous. Yeah. Someone was the subject of one of his photographs mm. and is disgruntled about it. Yeah. And so goes and just takes some stuff as what he deems to be like fair and, you know, payment yeah. for being in the photo. Yeah. And it, and from here it kind of spirals and everything starts to fall apart. Yeah, well, people they can't go about their normal lives. Matt, his mate, although he is enjoying the sort of success that goes of being the trappings, the trappings of success yeah. being along with Pekka because he's got women throwing themselves at him. He can't shoplift like he used to, which <laughs> is a real shame for him. There, at one point, the pair when they try to do it, a a sort of a shop owner who spots them doing it makes them pull their dicks out. So <laughs> she says, maybe this will teach you that some people don't want to be art. Um, there's loads of cool little bits like that Shelley's definitely not enjoying it but he's become distant from her yeah and she sees it for what it is and then this is just normal stuff 
Yeah, it's this is just our lives, and you're kind of exploiting it. She objects to the yeah the the fact that they the things that they would be repulsed by they're being pretentiously yeah. sort of in love with it because yeah. they they've crowned it as art. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it gets worse for everybody. The pelt room is closed because of pubic hair harassment, beaver brutality. Um, People are starting. Nimama to... is exposed as I was a say, yeah, fucking that's, that's, psycho. That's, basically, like a pilgrimage to see. The, the Saint the statue Mary. of the yeah, well, this, Mary. This story uh, got taken on the from cover a of... photograph, and yeah. it was on the cover of a magazine. And mm. then you had these pilgrims come to see the miracle. And then, like, but and you're when just, she you're does just her ventriloquism, <laughs> yeah. they're not buying it. And in fact, they think it's downright like sacrilegious, don't they? They, they hate. Well, it. there's they, a like, certain like blasphemousness yeah, blasphemy, to the whole thing. Yeah. I think. Yeah, and so, Pekka can't even go about his work. He goes down to the Fudge Palace to try and get some. <laughs> Let's try and get some photos and you know people won't expose you know they don't want to expose themselves as being people who fraternize at a place like the fudge palace so well they know they can go worldwide now with yeah. his shots so they don't want to be in them yeah rory then makes a play for having sex with him yeah, she's trying to encourage him to to go to this art well, exhibition yeah he's her meal ticket and he's there's offers from all these massive magazine publications mm. to do and the Whitney Museum. Yeah, and he gets he does end up going to this. It's like more like a fashion shoot where it's super pretentious with some famous. That was yeah, her mum, wasn't it? Well, that was yeah. with the Vogue fashion shoot. That's it, that was yeah. amazing. It's um, hilarious. Yeah, and he he ends. Like, it ends up with little Chrissy choking and like gobbing a big <laughs> of bit of sputum on the Vogue guy's camera. Yeah. But even Chrissy's been um, affected by it because she's been diagnosed via the tv or whatever yeah. as having adhd and so she's now medicated yeah um and she's only allowed to eat vegetables which she gorges on she's Snorts just gone extreme peas. the other way she yeah. starts snorting peas yeah right at the end there so anyway that yeah rory and and pekka kind of nearly have sex and shelly is it's a weird scene because she's like photographing them from outside and catch them and as they run off to go and vote Pekka yeah. and her, they have their big makeup moment while they have sex in a polling booth. Mm. Yeah, which I think is probably illegal. Yeah, I think it's illegal to have two in, two people in, just in them. Yeah. He's also like symbolically replaced his camera with a digital or certainly a more high tech version. It's probably still film, but yeah, it's not the thrift store camera that he had before. No, it's a Nikon N50 actually, if you wanted to know. Something. I've got the, the one that he had originally <laughs> as well, if you want to know that. It's a Canonette. Oh, nice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Heard of them. Mm. powerful stuff so anyway yeah they have the big reconciliation moment where she realizes art is life while the screen whirls with cheaply animated color sort of zooming around it she says oh you mean a mildew stained sheet could still be beautiful and he's like urine, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> urine stains <laughs> yeah because yeah. yeah, yeah, come on use your imagination lean into it you know she, and these these yeah these little animations pop up on the screen yeah art is life and life is beautiful anyway and then Pe pecker cancels his show to force the art world to come to ba baltimore effectively to pecker's right. place that yeah. they've set up and it's all flashed up in in kind of magazines and newspapers and things where you get the showing is what a big deal he is now yeah yeah, the boy who said no to New York and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. And so you get these kind of art tourists sort of pretentiously critiquing the actual Baltimore as they drive through. Oh, it's the stairs from the, you know, and it just it's oh, pretty cringe. Look at the marble stairs. <laughs> yeah. It's it's great because it's like a sort of these days we would call these people influencers. Yeah. Uh, effectively and it's like a massive spearing of that kind of culture like 25 years before it even existed really. mm. <laughs> um but he's he's going to host his own exhibition on his own terms in his dad's bar yeah 
Um, and he displays photos of all the people that he's met from the art world in various states of sort of, you know, unflattering or yeah. unflattering yeah. light. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in the New York art world. So yeah. there they are becoming the art now. Yeah. So one of the women eating the spring onions looking stupid, one of the museum curator looking down the famous photographer's top one of a girl like adjusting her breasts in a mirror um one of the times guy looking very gay or something is that the bald guy yeah who then gets teabagged at the bar yeah <laughs> so good and um as rory says what a great success this is what a brilliant thing here's my new guy randy the world's first blind photographer he just starts taking <laughs> yeah he's yeah. just like randomly <laughs> stabbing his camera he says he can feel portraits and smell landscapes but he's presumably less interested in lighting and focus is what i would say yeah and so this, well, it ends like, with some strippers disguised as bikers dancing on the table and people discussing whether they have pubic hair and agreeing that it's good that they don't. Yeah. And then <laughs> it just with a shot of Pekka and what are you going to do next? And he says, you know what? I think I might like to direct a movie. Yeah. And, and that's and then straight back into happy go lucky. Yeah. 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 It sort of breezed along. It's quite yeah. a short runtime. It's about 85 minutes mm. and it, I, it's fairly like heavy-handed with the message it's trying to give out, I'd say. All of the eccentric characters and its satirization of all the pretentious art and stuff, that's all quite good and funny and the themes are all good about where art is everywhere and what is art and all that. All that stuff is great. I, Edward Furlong has got like no charisma at all and there's <laughs> zero chemistry between him and Christina Ricci yeah. which, and that love story is kind of supposed to be part of it but it's nitpicking really. It's pretty good, this. Yeah, I enjoyed it. There wasn't a lot between all the all the characters. It was it was more around the his journey as much as anything else. That he wasn't that interesting. He was just so nice, mm. like you know. Yeah. It was, but that's the way that he built this world and sort of innocence goes along with it, and it's taken advantage of, and then he's able to to flip it back on himself in a, in his perfect little world there, but. Yeah, as you say, 85 minutes. I'd not seen this before and mm. it was well, one of those not films many have. I'd remembered maybe watching the the trailer on an old blockbuster video. Mm. Never got around to watching it and he did Pink Flamingos, which I enjoyed. You've um, probably seen Hairspray, I'm sure you would have seen it. And I've seen Hairspray yeah. as well. But yeah, this was worth, you know, a short one-time movie. You can do worse. Chris, how do you feel about this? I, I don't know. I just don't I, don't. I don't understand what the purpose of this movie was outside of the fact that they wanted to have a shot at what before used to be the people that influence people with magazines and yeah. rather than what you say influences today with through social media and that it used to be the people that would write articles and yeah. it's mm. kind of the same like how to win friends and alienate people or that uh, the where the devil wears Prada where you, you know, you kind of get into with these cool people and you pretend to be cool just so you're accepted by all these people. But I, I get the message, but I couldn't understand. No one acted well. The storyline was, I thought it was very simple and I could see the end before the movie even started. I, I mean, it was funny, but especially because English is not my for language, sometimes some of these, like the ones that you thought was funny, I didn't really understand the, the sub layer of a joke. Yeah, yeah, so right. I was just thinking, I'm pretty sure this is funny, but I don't understand why. Mm. Does that make sense? So when yeah. they would say all these things about the, the lesbian uh, pole dancers and yeah. Yeah. all that stuff, w w the reference to certain things, I couldn't really 
understand why it would be funny yeah a lot of those jokes be dated as well you know i didn't get all of them to be to be fair there's loads of specific like photography references and Uh, stuff but what i did like there was plenty of cameos or or people that you've seen in other films like the goonies girl Mm. edward furlong i've not seen him in, in much more but a few of the other characters i've kind of seen him in other films and uh, yeah, yeah i enjoyed it i must say it's I, got I think a it's great worth... theme i mean yeah. it's, it's theme is essentially that art is everywhere and everyone is an artist which is an amazing theme so also you don't want to be art. i like <laughs> that he brings representation to all these weird like yeah. subcultures yeah. and stuff that no one really well there'd be other people doing it but he's sort of crossed over and so you get exposure to all these mad things that are going on out there and all these people having a great it's time. a pretty what white neighborhood 98 98 yeah. okay it's pretty white for baltimore is all i would say yeah and he's movie. got like way weirder stuff than this of course this is like verging on mainstream for him but it's still out there so i strong recommend from me yeah, yeah definitely. Mm. Wow, wow, wow.